This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata. Mike, what's up? Not much. I wasn't on Twitter enough today because, well, I mean, the real reason is partially I think Bengals fans have been kind of toxic with each other. I don't enjoy it as much as I used to. But it sucks because (laughs) I found out pretty late. It's like Zeke narrows down his guys to three people, and one of them is the Cincinnati Bengals. And there are very emotional responses to that, which it has united people in a way that, you know, the people that hate Mixon, the people that love Mixon have kind of come together and said, why? <laughs> yeah, I want to get into that in a little bit, though, the pros and the cons of bringing Zeke in, because the tweet, Adam Schefter put it out, one of the top NFL insiders, and obviously in free agency, he's going to have to leave this. The tweet was, when you read you read it a couple times, and it says that Zeke has narrowed down his teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other people are saying, well, maybe he's just trying to get his market higher and other teams will jump in and say, oh, it's only between the Jets, the Bengals, and the Eagles. And, you know, the Eagles have quite a few. The Jets have a couple running backs. The Bengals have Joe Mixon right now. Maybe we should join in this conversation. So maybe that's a little bit of an interest from his agent to put out there. It's smart when you're Hopefully free. this is not, like, done by the time this podcast episode comes out. <laughs> Oh, always. I mean, every single time there's something else happening the next day. But at this moment, Zeke, um, he isn't a Cincinnati Bengal, but he said he's going to narrow that down by next week. That is a very long time on Bengal social media. The, yeah. the the running back conversation is already exhausting. I was kind of ready for a little bit of a pause until maybe the draft and they you know get a rookie running back and that conversation starts back up again. But no, we're right back at square one. And then we add Zeke in the mix. And, and you bring up a really great point because I was starting to see that. For me personally, I could be completely wrong about this. But I say this with Zeke. He's still getting money from the Cowboys. So I don't think the Bengals are going to go and try to outbid two other teams for him. Uh, you're thinking of a, and I, again, could be wrong. I think of more of a Pirine replacement. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're still having those conversations with Joe Mixon when it comes to the pay cut or the restructure. Look, having that conversation with Joe Mixon and saying, I need you to take a pay cut because we're going to pay another guy that plays your position to come here. Um, I, I don't think those conversations are happening, but this could have been something before the Zeke interest or conversation happened. I don't think Zeke is coming in to be running back number one. I still yeah. think they draft a rookie running back, but that's just where I stand right now. Yeah, I don't think they're – I don't think they'd pay him any more than they'd pay Jamal Williams, and they were out on Jamal Williams at a certain price. So I don't – I mean, knock on wood, I don't think they're paying the name. They're paying the name brand value for Zeke because Zeke's older. I think Zeke knows this. He got kicked out of Dallas because they like Pollard more. I do think he has a lot of respect with players around the league because of his name and who he is and, you know, the Pro Bowls, the All Pros, what he was. So I think if I'm Joe Mixon, I might like that. Well, unless they're just going to cut him. But if they ask him for a pay cut, it's like to bring Zeke in. He was already splitting with P. Ryan. Like, I feel like Mixon will, you know, he wants to still be the starter. And I think he would be the starter of those two running backs. But I feel like he might be fine with it. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm wishful thinking. Um, and who knows? They might just cut Mixon if they sign Zeke because that is too probably, even though Zeke's probably not going to command $10 million, it's probably like four, something around there. So that's a bit of change for uh, 
two backs like that. And then you still might draft one too. Um, yeah. I mean, there's pros to Zeke coming. I think people don't like him because he's not as explosive as he once was. He got bigger. He's not, you know, there's all these issues. He's more explosive than P Ryan in the run game. Um, he has been even in these quote unquote washed years or, you know, he's not, doesn't have the juice of prime Zeke. He still has a little bit of juice. And then he comes, I think he's an even better pass protector than P Ryan, which I know is out there. P Ryan's awesome. And I just, man, watching Zeke in pass protection is, I think he's the best pass protection running back in the league. And he has been for a few years. So that that's the main value you add. Um, it's probably not for him to take 250 carries. It's probably not for him to even catch 50 balls. It's, well, we lost our best pass protecting running back. And that is a part of this offense, whether or not, you know, we can get into it in a second, but uh, I, I want to go deeper on that. But yeah, he's one of the best pass protection running backs. And adding that when you just lost that, I mean, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade over P Ryan. It's not an upgrade over Mixon for if you want him to do the Mixon things. I, th I think Mixon is just more explosive. And I know he's not, he hasn't been that explosive, but uh, I think he's a better runner at this stage. But you look at it and it does make sense. It just has to be for the right money. And I feel like the Bengals, I don't know. I don't think they would overpay for him. Um, what do you think about? you know, what could happen there? Or is this all wishful thinking that Mixon might, you know, because <laughs> what I think is like, maybe he sees it and goes, oh, that's awesome. Like we're going to be one of the best running back rooms in the league. Although the pay cut talk is probably not <laughs> the part that's going to go well. Yeah. I think if you're Joe Mixon, I've said this before, you're going into the season making 12 million for the Cincinnati Bengals. And I have no problem that Joe Mixon is going to be running back number one. I don't like the number. I think he wants to be in Cincinnati. He's a captain. He's a leader. And I think those conversations probably happened as soon as the season ended. Uh, this team, this front office, really loyal to players. When you get a guaranteed contract and they put it out there, you're more than likely going to live out that guaranteed contract um, unless there's a void year. But they they really try to, to pay you out on that contract. And I feel like just being a loyal front office, but also makes him want to be wants to be here. If he were out on the open market, Joe's not even, I mean, even if they did give him, you know, a, what would be realistic to give Joe Mixon if you were having a pay cut conversation? Could you cut him down? What's the amount of money you save from a cut? What, $7 million or something like that? Yeah. Could you cut him down to like a $6 million cap hit? That's... And that's still higher, but that's the same as if you cut him. That's the same as if you cut him, though. Like, if I'm Mixon, I, I would probably argue that. Like, you could lose me and still have the same cap hit or, you know, I'm not going down to 3 million or something like that. Like I, yeah. that's it also, I don't know. I, I do think it, it is at the point, unless Zeke costs a pretty penny that uh, there's not a ton you can do with that money at this point. You hope for somebody on waiver claims or cut down day, or maybe they make the big splash for Yannick and Gakwe, but I don't really see that one happening. Um, so that's, that's where I think 6 million or so. What do you, what do you think about it? If you told me he was coming in, Joe Mixon, you did the pay cut for $6 million and you bring Zeke in for a lower number, I think you get a deal. Three, in four for three, four? Yeah. Like, Call it four. Let's just play it the height. They're paying $10 million for two guys who will probably give you the same production that Mixon and P. Ryan gave you, except Zeke's a tiny bit more explosive than P. Ryan. 
would Joe Mixon go in the open market and make more than that? Ooh, I think that's what he would make in the open market. That's my best guess is like one year, six million, two years, 12 million, something like that. I think he still would make some money in the open market. I think, I think Bengals fans at times kind of underrate him. Um, And I know he didn't have the best year last year, but he was dealing with injuries for a lot of it. And he was very efficient over the back half of the year. So I I don't think he's worth the 12 million. I'm not going to pocket watch if they're not going to do anything with the money. If they cut the money, then I'd like them to do something with it. And this would be doing something with it. So that would basically be getting Zeke for free, right? <laughs> you cut six million on uh, Mixon's contract, and you save two million in the running back room overall if he signs for four years or four not four years. That'd be a long time. Four million. <laughs> oh no! See, I only want a one-year deal for Zeke. Yeah, uh, me too. Uh, ring chase. Yeah, ring chase. Uh, you're familiar. You're coming back to Ohio. Fifteen is available. Uh, he said he tweeted out uh, earlier today, I want to wear number 15 again. And it's like, well, you're in luck. Um, it is available in Cincinnati. But overall, I think if you were to ask the fan base or even the front office, you have those conversations with Joe Mixon and you get him to about $6 million, maybe $7 million, And then you go over to Zeke and you're like, three and a half, four million? I think that is a steal. And then I still think this, and maybe it's an unpopular opinion because they have Travion Williams, but I still think of Travion more as a special teams guy. I really, I can't put a yeah. lot into Travion. And Chris Evans is a preseason guy. He told you, they told you what they thought of Chris Evans. Uh, I mean, that that's pretty much it. I would be surprised if he's on the roster, to be completely honest with you, going into the 2023 season. But overall, in the running back room, they like to carry three backs too. So yeah. you have Travion and, and maybe four. Um, you have Zeke, you have Joe Mixon, and then I still think you get the rookie running back just because yeah. of this class. Maybe it's not at 28, maybe it's not in the second round, but you're starting to look, and they do pick late in the second and third, so in first, but overall, maybe you are looking at that rookie for the Mixon-Zeke future. Um, you want to get that guy in there getting some reps. You're not throwing him in there in his rookie season, and then you have the vet presence and you have Joe Mixon. I think what what it, what is attractive about Zeke in the running back room is the is the blocking. That's all mm-hmm. the pass protection. I just think of pass protection, and that's what I feel like this main focus has been. Um, you want to get a legit offensive line. You want them to stay healthy. You bring a guy in who you feel can be down on be out there on third downs, like your P run um, mm-hmm. that you did lose in the running back room. And I think that is what is extremely important. So I think if you could get that done, I just I just don't think he's the the Joe Mixon replacement. And I could be yeah. totally wrong. Yeah, um, he's also better in short yardage than anybody they had last year. Uh, so that brings up the question in the Super Bowl, third and one, well, if he gets that hand off, does he make it? <laughs> I mean, are you putting him out there when, I mean, you're he, in there it'll with- be two minute drill. So he'd be out there, I think, because that's the issue is that P runs a two minute drill back and it's hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. So they're going to run that play and they want to hurry up to a pass play right after. That's why P runs in there. Like that's not a bad decision from Zach. That was just the personnel. Now the bad decision was to run inside zone at Aaron Donald at three technique. That's a terrible decision. What are you, what is that call? Uh, I need somebody to get out of that. That's not a good look. It's like, Hey, go to the other side. We're going, we're going left. <laughs> left here we're not running at Aaron Donald with Akeem Adeniji blocking him at guard do you, ever, do you ever look at the different images of when Joe threw the last ball to Pirine oh, and it God. looks like in some images it looks so close and then some it looks so far it was away. it wasn't close it wasn't close I think you can be fooled a little bit especially that broadcast angle made it look like it a little bit and I think also as Bengals fans you that ball hung in the air for 10 years you know it was it was like oh my god oh my god this is the Super Bowl. If this falls to the ground, you know, like this is the end. And it was sadly, but it you probably felt like that thing was in the air for like four seconds. It was in the air for like 
one second maybe and it wasn't even close to him like it would have been catch of the year type thing if he was able to come down with it and you're talking about a guy that uh, he doesn't catch the ball outside his frame that well so i like the zeke thing um i the one thing about pass protection is it's only important for running backs when somebody not on the defensive line comes on like a blitz so i've seen the numbers sometimes like Pierre only has to pass protect this many times he ha- probably had to check and release a lot of those times and people don't really blitz the Bengals that much sometimes they send the guy and drop a guy but they really don't blitz all that much so he was asked to hold in there when they would send guys but if they didn't and maybe that's part of p ryan maybe part of the reason they don't blitz is because they're like look that back's gonna pick it up but uh that's something with zeke it's it's not so much you need 300 pass protection like true he's gonna pick up a guy reps you need to a let the defense know we've got a guy that's going to pick him up. You can't just send the linebacker every time and run over Mixon. And then B, when they do send it, you're good. Like this guy, he can pass off stunts and twists and all this other crazy stuff they try to throw at running backs to challenge them mentally in pass protection. He does a fantastic job picking it up. So that's the one thing I wanted to say about his pass protection. It's more than just the few reps he's going to, you know, he's going to stonewall. I tried to think of a Pittsburgh uh, Cole Holcomb. <laughs> I tried to think, you know, we'll go with uh, the Ravens guys because I know where they have Roquan Smith. It's not just when he stonewalls Roquan Smith in the A gap. It's when the Ravens don't send Roquan Smith because they realize like we don't we're not going to win that matchup more often than not. We're going to lose that matchup. And then we're losing Smith in coverage. So let's keep him there. So that's that's all the fun of Zeke Elliott. Now he's probably going to sign with the Eagles. It'll be a funny thing because the Cowboys fans will be in tears about it and some Eagles fans probably will too and they'll forever live an image of Zeke Elliott with a with a bird helmet <laughs> that'll be kind of funny um but yeah that's that's the 15 minutes <laughs> deep dive on Zeke Elliott who might not might 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 not sign with the Bengals but I think it's worth talking about I mean Bengals haven't given us much other news <laughs> I mean, I'm all for news every day when we record. So when this happened, I was like, 100%, we will talk about this first, even though I am over the running back conversation because you bring up a great point, the whole Joe Mixon, should he be on the team, restructure, pay cut? Um, I feel like it has divided a fan base on what they think about Joe Mixon. But you're right, at the same time, when the Zeke news, um, when Adam Schefter tweeted it out earlier today, the fan base was like, well, wait a minute. We still like Joe Mixon. We don't want to lose Joe Mixon. Um, both, both came together with why. Yeah. <laughs> the why of the Joe Mixon is like, why would you replace Joe Mixon? And the why there was like, why would you pay another running back? And to me, I'm like, well, it does make sense. I just hope it's at the right price. And I think it would be if they were yeah. going to sign him. Well, they were going to offer uh, Paul Daner, giving him credit for this because he had mm-hmm. he reported it a couple of weeks ago. He said that the Samaj P. Ryan contract was pretty much similar to what he got in Denver. It was just personal reasons yeah. why he took that with the Broncos. So they still have that money. I know Jamal Williams was another one they had interest in right before free agency started, and uh, you know they didn't sign him. So they they still wanted P. Ryan's replacement. And I still felt like it was going to be a vet, and it could be. Hey, like I said before, Zeke could come here and they could cut Mixon and get a rookie running back, and it just be the two of them and. Travion Williams, but I don't know. It's going to be a long week, especially if this is going to drag out till next week. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of other topics, but right now I did see a report out of Philadelphia that his uh, number one choice would be the Eagles. So we'll see what makes happens. Sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense uh, going to a, a division rival. And they um, were in the Super Bowl. Yeah. But you could see right here. I mean, I know the Jets, the, the Aaron Rodgers stuff isn't official, but Zeke wants to go to a, what he thinks is probably a winning team. 
mm-hmm. where he has a shot. Legit team. And, Although I don't yeah. know why the Bills wouldn't be on that list. Yeah. Isn't it surprising? What if I told you yeah. Zeke and P. Ryan are the same age? Are they? All right. <laughs> That's fascinating. That was like when I found out Austin Hooper's younger than Peyton Hurst. Would have never yeah. guessed. <laughs> well, I know. I'm like, wait a minute. It feels like Zeke has been in the league for, for well, I mean, it has been years, but. He came like... in the league at like 21. Yeah. yeah. I think P. Ryan came in the league at like 23. So, yeah. A little more tread on uh, Zeke's tires, but we'll have plenty more in the running back conversation when that is official. And what really happens there, I think the Bengals have worked to, to put in that room. We'll see what happens over the next few weeks. Next, we're going to talk a little tight end room in your mailbag questions on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. It's always game day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, the Titan Room. Here's the thing about the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think they are super concerned about the tight end room, or maybe they're just losing out on some of these vets when it comes to free agency. And then we've talked about the rookies and the loaded draft class in the first, maybe second, or even third round for a rookie tight end that could uh, they could double dip on when it comes to the tight end room because their tight end room is it's a it's a little scary right now. I I don't want to hear reports that Drew Sample's coming back. No offense to Drew Sample, I just feel like you could do better maybe in the draft or maybe one of the free agents. That's currently left. I do want to say this. Uh, the Foster Moreau news, uh, really extremely sad. And, and you hope, you know, he's yeah. able to bounce back and just absolutely crazy. I actually have a friend who covers the Saints and we were in a group text last night with some of the Bengals writers. And she says, you know, it's pretty amazing that he hit free agency. Because what if you would have signed a contract with the Bengals on Friday? Or what if you would have extended with the Raiders and you don't get that physical with the Saints? So, you know, hopefully he has a speedy recovery. Um, you know, he's going to step away from football for a while. So when it comes to the free agents, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to take in the tight end room, um, you know, to be determined if he was even going to be an option or he was going to focus on the Saints. You move into your list of who you have left. <laughs> what do you think about that? Okay, Irv Smith, I feel like, is the obvious one-year deal. Go get paid somewhere else right after type thing. You've got talent. You've just never put it together. After that, man, my next four were Mercedes Lewis, Dan Arnold, Adam Shaheen, and Max Williams. Mercedes Lewis is older than Brian Callahan. I think he's 38. Yeah, I'm fully into it, though. This this guy is – Probably rookie Darnell Washington, maybe better as an inline blocker, maybe not as good in space, but better as an inline blocker. Like he would give you what Darnell would give you in his rookie year. No receiving upside, less than Darnell. <laughs> like if he's in there, it's probably just pass protection or run blocking. You might as well just go 10 personnel if it's third and long. Um, but yeah, like he does change the run game. And I think Dan Arnold would probably be the clear choice there. I haven't watched his blocking like ever so i don't have a ton of knowledge there but i do think he is an okay pass catcher and burrow probably makes him look better than he is once you get to like shaheen and max williams or like worse blockers than lewis a little bit more upside as receivers i know cam Brates out there but every bucks person i've ever seen talk about him says they think he just retires he doesn't look like he has any anymore and same with kyle rudolph is a lot of people are saying like he doesn't have it anymore and i'm not watching these old players grinding through the snaps to find the third buccaneers or the third giants tight end to see if they've still got it i mean if they sign him i will but uh before that no 
No, I, I agree. I mean, at this point, because at the moment, the visit release names, it, it, it'll come out like a week later, or we'll hear an update of who's going to Cincinnati to get a workout. And it's been quiet. After yeah. Foster you I haven't heard a single tight end for agency. Stephen Carter, uh, a former tight end special team teamer. Fullback, in, too. Fullback. And maybe he comes in and he's more of a special teams guy. He's been in the league for a little while, but at the same time, they're familiar with Stephen Carter. Uh, but no update on what they're going to do when it comes to free agency. I still feel really strong that it is going to be a draft focus. And then yeah. maybe after the draft, or they're having conversations right now when it comes to Jonah Williams. Uh, I saw this out on uh, Twitter yesterday, oh and God. Conklin and CJ Uzama over at the Jets, and you, you get, you know, who needs a left tackle? How funny would it be if Uzama got sent back to Cincinnati on a trade? Can that happen? You know, I don't know if the Bengals would want to be like, can you send Conklin? I don't, a little bad blood. <laughs> well, that's the thing. And I don't think this front office forgets that stuff. Like, look, yeah. they're, they're okay with like reconnecting with with former free agents or or even mm -hmm. players. But I think they're kind of like mm, we're we're done there. We got them paid with the Jets. I think Tyler Conklin is the one that they would be looking at because they had mm -hmm. interest in him before he signed with the Jets. Yeah, um, I wanted to say they wanted him over Hayden Hurst, and then it just worked out that way. And they were able to um, still get Hayden Hurst. And I feel like Hayden was legit. Wish he was still here at this moment. Uh, but overall in the tight end room, I think that's where it's kind of intriguing. And maybe those conversations are happening if Jonah Williams is involved. Because we talked about it on the podcast on Tuesday. That trade for Jonah Williams, if it happens, they don't have to get a draft pick back they can get a player from another position it doesn't have to be offensive line either and at this moment i'd rather know what i'm getting in a vet tight end you only need the guy for for so long and then you'll move on especially if you draft a guy at 28 or in the second round the issue with tight ends drafting is just a lot of them usually take time it usually takes a year two years i think michael Mayer is one of the most pro ready tight ends out there would probably be similar to like the steelers getting um, Pat Fryermuth, and he just starts right away. Who cares? Like he's he's doing pretty good there. Uh, so I think you would probably get something similar to that if you get Mayor. But like that's, I don't want to put all the eggs in the Mayor basket because there's other teams that need tight end. I mean, the Saints need a tight end. They just tried to sign one. <laughs> um, there's other teams that need tight end too. So that, like the Raiders, they just signed Austin Hooper. Why wouldn't they just also go get Michael Mayer? And now you have your heir apparent and you have your one year guy and just like my just like Austin Hooper got replaced last year by Che Gaconquo. Uh so I don't love the idea of putting all my eggs in the Michael Mayer basket or into like the Tucker Craft in round two basket because you're picking so late in round two two shots at drafting the guy it could happen um I don't yeah I I, I really want a veteran to be signed or traded for and Conklin would make a ton of sense. He'd be the best free agent tight end on the market. Um, if you want something similar to Mercedes Lewis, I have no idea if Mo Ali Cox is available. Uh, and somebody did tell me that the Colts are okay with their left tackle. He's a young second-year guy, Bernard Raymond. I still think you could probably add Jonah to that mix, but who knows? Uh, maybe they're interested in Jonah Williams. You trade for Mo Ali Cox, and I know he's not going to give you that much as a receiver, but he's huge, and he can block really well. So there's, a, there's a bunch of guys that – you could make the case for now the one issue i have is we come up with these hypothetical trades and i have no idea like Coles fans are like laughing the same way that Bengals fans laugh when people talk about trading for t higgins i mean these aren't like big name guys so maybe it'd be like people trying to trade for i have no idea uh, 
who was a Mo Ali Cox level player for the Bengals, but you know, trying to trade for somebody that um, Bengals fans are just like, that's not happening, dude. Or trying to give them somebody that they're like, that's not happening. Like, if you try to trade the Bengals left tackle, it wouldn't make sense. They have Orlando Brown, but maybe you say like, well, Bengals need a left guard. Bengals fans would probably be like, well, we've got Volson, man. We're not. We're happy with that. So. I don't know what they could do on the trade market. I think it's an avenue they should explore because look, the the tight end free agency market isn't that great. The four names I listed though, I, I wouldn't be terribly upset with any of them. I think Shaheen's a good athlete and he's a pretty good blocker. I think he's the one that goes a little bit underrated because he was like Miami's Miami didn't use him that much. And it makes sense. They had Gesicki, but he would start over Gesicki because he could play in line. Um, yeah, I'd sign Mercedes Lewis and just have fun with it, but I, I don't think the Bengals are going to be that interested in him. So uh, Dan Arnold makes a lot of sense just because he has been a good receiver before. It'll be interesting to see. I don't think they enter the draft with just Devin Asiasi. Do you think that? No, and I think people just have to realize that. the Things things are happening behind the scenes with the Cincinnati Bengals front office. Uh, you know, maybe the leaks aren't out there and the insiders – aren't saying much, but I still think that the front office is, is trying to pull something together. And I think it will be the involvement of the Jonah Williams trade. And, and maybe that's where they get their vet tied in, or it's going to be somebody who's on the street right now. But I'll say one thing, because when you bring up Mercedes Lewis, the Cincinnati Bengals treat 30 like it's 65. Yeah, I know. He's 38. So yeah. you can't make the case 38 is the new 34. They'll be like, that's the new 90. <laughs> yeah, they're like, we would like to stay young, as young as possible. And, uh, you know, I mean, look, I'm all into blocking. If you can block, that's great. But I, I'd really like Joe Burrow to throw you the ball every now and Cox, also 30. Uh, I wonder how many of those guys aren't 30. I'm going to go try to find that real quick. But uh... Well, that's, that's what's crazy about all of it, because when um, you heard some of the tight end options, um, you know, Irv Smith, a little bit younger, uh, Foster Moreau was 25 at the time. And it just, when they were talking about Foster, and it's just like, man, that's probably the age range that they're really looking in the tight end group. For Irv Smith, though, one of the things that I keep hearing is the injuries, but it sounds like it's just different kind of injuries and just finishing out the season. How would you feel about him out there overall with this offense compared to a guy like Hayden Hurst or even a CJ Uzama before? Irv Smith? I mean, I feel pretty good. Like, I don't think I'd feel any worse than I did when Hayden Hurst signed. Hayden Hurst is coming off two down years, uh, at least one, no, one down year, I think. He was the Falcons' number one guy before that. He's coming off one down year, uh, and I thought he, you know, I, I was like, there's reasons to be excited. There's reasons to be cautious. Overall, he ended up playing really well and earning a, earning a deal. I'd feel similar about Irv Smith, just like there's reasons to be cautious. He lost his job. The Vikings have never been in love with him. There's reasons to be excited, too. I mean, the athlete, he got drafted pretty high for a reason, similar to Hayden Hurst. Uh, just to give the update, since I did find some names, obviously Mercedes Lewis is old. He's very old for That's NFL, gross. for the NFL. Um, so Adam Shaheen's 29, Dan Arnold's 28. But then uh, I was trying to find Max Williams. Max Williams is also 29. There's actually not that many young guys. Like Irv Smith is the youngest guy I can find that's a free agent right now. It sucks Blake Bell's like 32 because he also kind of fits that good blocker, not really much of a receiver type, but they're probably not interested in a 32-year-old guy that does that. Yeah, Irv Smith feels like the one, but the only reason I'm not like putting him out there connecting it, you just don't hear any connection with Cincinnati right now. It makes sense on every aspect of what Cincinnati usually looks for. 
it's just there's been nothing no news i I haven't tried to search his name to find any rumors because i don't really love doing that in the first place but just to see if anybody's even brought him in i haven't seen anything on him like our team's even bringing him in for workouts or is he like next wave like foster moreau and austin hooper were this wave next wave will be irv smith and dan arnold and i think one thing that fans have to realize too is you don't like it's not a deadline in March. Like you can still build your roster after the NFL draft. You can still build your roster before because I think teams are are waiting or holding on to a couple players until they go to the draft. You know, can they add depth? Can they add starters there? And they're like, oh, you know what? We can get rid of this guy, and make room for these people. Um, so you know, maybe the Bengals do wait until after the draft or before the draft. I still think they're working on the tight end position, but I would be surprised if they double dipped in the draft, but I'll get to some of these Twitter questions quickly, just another Bengals fan. And we'll stick to the tight end conversation. He said, what are the chances the Bengals double dip at tight end the draft and who would they choose if they were taking two? Uh, it would probably be like Michael Mayer in round one. And then I, I don't know the Cincinnati Wiley, Josh mm -hmm. Wiley and like round six, like it, it would be something like very spread out. I don't think you would see like, round three they get zach Koontz, and round four they get another guy so I, I think it'd be really spread out like that all right we'll move on to goose he said based on free agency in the offseason so far does it feel like the bengals are going to pigeonhole into selecting a running back tight end early you know we just talked about that with michael mayer or is it still best player available at 28 i think they're best player available i think they do need a starting level tight end but at the end of the day I think they're going to be best player available at 28 specifically because they probably feel fine about getting some of those tight ends at 60 as well. Yeah. And one of the things that I think Bengals fans have to realize in 2020, when they drafted Joe Burrow, they selected T Higgins in the second round with that first pick. He was mm -hmm. the best player available. I mean, they could have for them on their board, they could have said, you know what? We got to go offensive line. We, we need to protect our new Josh Jones was the big one. Everybody wanted Josh Jones or Denzel Mims. And in 2020, right before, you know, they make a, in 2021 Super Bowl run, they were taking best player available. So mm -hmm. I still feel like with a roster like this one, you're, you're still going BPA and, and that's going to be their mindset. It just feels like a Cincinnati move. We've talked to cornerback at, at the 28 number, but also if Michael Mayer is there, it just feels like mm -hmm. the Cincinnati connection. I think that's the betting odds favorite and unless they unless they trade for Conklin. I feel like betting odds favorite is Michael Mayer because if he's there, they probably take him because it matches need and BPA. Any other quick questions? Yes, we'll get to Hude. This was before the Zeke comment or the Zeke um, tweet earlier today. He said, with the Bengals possibly being in the market for a running back, I'm surprised I haven't heard a mention of Kareem Hunt. He seems like a great fit for this offense. I look on the field, sure. <laughs> I don't know if they want the baggage. No. <laughs> that would be the big issue. And they used to be like the the second chance team. I feel like they haven't really been that any in the Zach Taylor era. Uh, but yeah, I, it, look, if he was like an outstanding individual off the field, this would be a slam dunk. I would understand this signing completely because he's not. They're probably a little hesitant. There's probably a reason he's still available right now. And um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that they're set right now and we're hearing the Zeke conversation that maybe he's going to be added to the room to be determined. He said he's weighing his options between the Eagles, the Bengals, and then of course, losing my train of thought on the third team right Jets. now. Probably the in that Jets. order, right? Probably Eagles, Bengals, and Jets. 100%. But what's crazy, and this is why I love social media in 2023 when it comes to the player tweets during free agency, uh, Brees Hall actually tweeted out. And yeah, I, saw. Just, I, saw. I think we're good. I think we're good. In the <laughs> and then the other Carter uh, retweeted it and he was like, yeah, I agree. 
So I, I don't know if he's going to feel so welcome. That has to be like an Aaron Rodgers on a napkin thing. Like he secretly said like, hey, get Zeke. Because I don't know, maybe just really likes him. Um, I mean, at this point, they're going to have, they get a new receivers. Um, they're in the OBJ talks. Um, Zeke could be going there. It just feels like a little too much is happening with the Jets. It's that, so New York. It's, and they'll come in like third in their division. They will. I'm sorry to break it to everybody. Oh, but yeah, that's where I'm feeling right now. But we'll move on. A little more free agency talk. Cooper Rush. There's some reports about that today. He could have landed in Cincinnati. The Dallas-Cincinnati connection is something over the last few days. But we'll get to more free agency news on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Busy week for the NFL. Free agency continues. Uh, we've already talked about Zeke, the running back room, Joe Mixon, what's going to happen there in 2023. We're going to move over, move on to the quarterback position, backup quarterback. Uh, for me personally, I thought they'll probably bring Brandon Allen. Um, he's going to be the backup. They usually work that out in the offseason. We get close to the draft or before OTAs. But there was a report today. Cooper Rush was someone that the Bengals were eyeing at the backup quarterback position. What did you think about that? I think maybe the only game they've watched of him was the Bengals Cowboys game. <laughs> like, man, this kid can play. <laughs> yeah, That's I mean, my first thought, at least. I'm like, yeah, I mean, they probably answered Mike White too, right? He's gone. I think he's with Miami. I mean, next it's going to be uh, our the week one game against the Steelers. Oh, uh, Trubisky? Trubisky is a Steeler. He's going to be a Steeler next year, I think. I mean, at this, for me personally, for the backup position, um, that is a topic of conversation when it comes to late rounds and 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 what's important, sure. um, the topic of conversation. And, you know, what if they don't – I'm sorry, I've said this before. If Joe Burrow isn't on the field or he's gone for an extended period of time, I don't feel good about where this team is going to go. You can look at the 49ers. You can look at a lot of other teams that they're able to just – they're okay. They can move along. They can get wins without their franchise quarterback. But for me personally, if Joe isn't out there, I don't feel good about it. So I never look too much into the backup quarterback position. Obviously, it's important to have that guy on the sideline in the quarterback room. Um, obviously, Joe has a good relationship with Brandon Allen. But for me personally, I've never looked into it as much as I think Bengals fans are bringing it up as the backup quarterback it's important who should they get maybe late in the draft I don't really want to spend a draft position or draft pick when you have seven of them on a backup quarterback to be completely honest with you yeah I mean you want to talk about waste of resources it's backup quarterback I don't care I just if bro misses time you're probably not going to be a good team even if you have a good backup that's just how it is you just pray bro doesn't miss time and Allen's had flashes mm -hmm. I just think of that Texans game where he was lights out it was the year burrow got hurt he was throwing heat checks aj green was catching bombs t higgins caught some bombs it was it was a show it was a highlight reel like all of his career highlights might be that game um and he hasn't looked the same in any other game but you know it's there the main thing with backup quarterback to me is they feel familiar with the offense can do that type of thing that's brandon allen and he has a really good rapport with joe burrow they are basically assistant quarterback coaches. If Burrow likes that, then he should keep him around. That's the one thing about the rookie. You no longer have that assistant quarterback coach type. Like, what's the rookie going to tell you that Joe Burrow can't see? You know, unless it's Stetson Bennett with his 10 years of college experience, maybe. Um, but 
yeah, I, I don't, I'm not, in, you have limited resources. I just, how can you uh, complain about like the Mixon's making too much money? Jonah's making too much money and then want to spend 6 million on a backup quarterback. Not into it. I'm just, not, I just don't care. I just, if the team has Burrow, they win. If they don't, it's probably not looking good. And they're still a pretty good team. So they could win games like that. They won two games with backup quarterbacks the year Burrow got hurt. They won the Texans game and they won Muppet night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it's not like you're, you know, every game's a loss for if he misses three games, maybe just go one and three. And is it worth $6 million to go two and three during that stretch or something like that? If he misses the year, you're just done. So that's where I am on the whole backup quarterback thing. I think, I think it's a waste of resources. Let me ask you this in the sixth round backup quarterback or punter punter especially oh. michael turks there that's my guy I, i'm i'm looking at these mock drafts out there and Bengals fans where you get the tight end you get the running back you get the offensive line you get the trenches on the defensive line i'm not seeing a punter and, and maybe they wait until after the draft and they pick up someone but i'm i'm putting a punter in there if there's a, a legit weapon i've said it before it's important they're going to be more than likely moving on from drew chrisman um, you know, never, no new updates with Kevin Huber, but I think that's, that's, that's over. Uh, but personally I'm, I'm, I'm punting, I'm, I'm drafting a punter. Me too. I do it on all my mock drafts. I take Michael Turk in like the sixth round. So that's, that's where I am on it. That's wh- who's going to make more of an impact. The punter's going to be on the field, <laughs> like a rookie backup quarterback. He probably should carry three quarterbacks just yeah. because like, you don't trust that guy to get it. Like the, I can't remember his name, but the UCLA guy, you don't trust him to step in there and win a game. Any more than Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen could do what he does at a sixth round pick. Like that's that's fine for Brandon Allen to do that. I, I don't know. That's maybe I'm too cynical on it. If they take a backup quarterback, fine. I get the idea. I just I think it would be more imper- more important for the Bengals to have a Brandon Allen type that's gonna help Burrow in his preparation for games and be able to run the offense effectively on scout team. I want to ask you this right now in free agency, it's March 23rd when we're recording this. And of course a move will probably happen after we're done, but how do you feel about this roster right now? There's still a draft to go. Do you feel confident in it still being, you know, the top in the AFC, you know, able to take on the AFC North with some of the holes they currently do have? Yeah. Yeah, they didn't lose enough guys for me to be that concerned. I like Nick Scott. Orlando Brown's an upgrade at left tackle. You have question marks. You had question marks during the season last year. They kept their win streak going with three offensive line injuries. Uh, I am not, and Cheeto's coming back. I think when fully healthy, this team's probably better than it was during that win streak. Are they better on paper than they were last year? I probably felt better about certain spots last year but they're more developed like burrow's better than he was last year going into the year jamar chase is better t higgins is better all these guys are better than they were going into the season last year you think dax hill is going to be better than he was last year although he has to step into a big role um cam taylor Britt better he's probably i would think if you are trying to map out cam taylor Britt's progression that he probably plays better than eli apple did last year that's I don't think that's a hot take. I think that would be a normal progression. He was about the same level last year. If he stagnates, it's probably similar to what Apple gave you. And if he gets better, which he should, then he's probably giving you even more. 
So speaking of Eli Apple and free agency right now, you're right. Cheeto's going to be back. It feels like everything's going really well with Cheeto. There was a video on his Instagram the other day. He was in the weight room moving along just fine. ACL injuries are a little bit different in 2022 and 2023 um, than they used to be, but it looks like he's ready to bounce back out there in the secondary. Cam Taylor Britt in year two. Do you think Eli Apple is back with the Cincinnati Bengals next year? Yeah, because I keep saying this. Yes, because I don't know where he goes otherwise. <laughs> I feel like we talk about this every month because he's still there. We're like, yeah, Eli Apple, you think he's coming back? What, what do you think? The Fully think you- he just signs right before like training camp. They use him as a body. He makes the team. He's like your fourth outside corner. It's great. <laughs> We've said it before on this podcast. I, look, I have no problem. When you think of the cornerback room around the NFL and just secondary overall, Eli Apple stepped up when I thought the season was going to take a turn after the October 31st Browns game when Cheeto went down. He was one of the best players on the defensive side. Some would say he was the best defensive player, and he was having himself start to the season. So it was unfortunate to lose him. They go on to win 10 games and go to the AFC Championship game. I, I, I didn't have that on the bingo card. I'll be completely honest with you. When Eli Apple was able to step up, and, and he has, I, felt like, I feel like Cincinnati's home for Eli Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot of people like him. He's outspoken on social media. I think if you play for another team or you're fans of another team, but for me personally, he stepped up in in big moments when they needed him. And I would love it if he was back there in the secondary, because you don't know what's going to happen in your cornerback room. Injuries can happen at any moment. And I'd rather just have depth out there and and you can put him on the field at any time. Yeah. Yeah. Starting level corner. That's what he is. And he gets underrated around the league. I, I think other teams should be interested. You look at some of the starting outside corners, like you could probably use Eli Apple. He's not the worst starting corner you can have. Like he is literally starting level. There's guys that go out there and they're not. Um, but at the same time, I think the off the field stuff, I think, uh, and by that, I mean, Twitter, I don't mean anything crazy. Like the Twitter stuff, I think that's a lot. And I think he's made a lot of people mad. Uh, and I think a lot of people see the draft bust. He failed his first stop. He failed his second stop. And then, I think those are just two stops. And then he gets to Cincinnati and like he's playing fine to good, but the biggest stage, he gives up the winning touchdown to Cooper Cup. I mean, how many corners are going to do a good job on that? <laughs> but, you know, that's what they see. It, it, you know, the big moments haven't always been the brightest for him. Maybe if he catches that Patrick Mahomes interception, uh, AFC Championship game two years ago and turns it for pick six in overtime, maybe then teams are more interested. But like the name, association with Eli Apple just feels around the league like people aren't going to be that interested but the Bengals like him they like him in the locker room he has a really good relationship with Luana Rumo they'd love for him probably to tweet a little bit less but it is what it is and uh, I'd, I'd be happy if he signs back I'm fully into that you need you need corners even if they draft a guy he's your fourth outside corner who cares <laughs> like oh man that's awesome like before that who was it James Pierre I, mean, I don't think they have James Pierre. That was a stealer. Jalen Davis? Jaylen, it was Jalen Davis. Davis. Um, but at the same time, I, I think one of my favorite Eli Apple games was last year against the Miami Dolphins. Because going into that game, we heard Tyreek talk. He was ready. He remembered yeah. everything from the Kansas City Chiefs days. And it was going to be this big moment. And uh, Eli really stepped up under the lights. And I just, I really, I've enjoyed him in Cincinnati in the secondary. Um, you know, sec- corners are going to get beat every now and then it's Mm -hmm. just going to happen. But, uh, but yeah, I hope they can, they can get a deal, but personally, I think it's going to be a one year deal. What would be a good number for you? Cause I feel like you got to give them a little bit of a raise. 
my issue with that thought is he's probably lower on the depth chart. So do you give him a raise if he's going to be playing less? Because they are probably going to play Cam Taylor Britt over him. Cheeto's probably going to start by week one. We don't know. Maybe he won't. And they might draft a guy. It seems very likely that they draft a guy. So I would think it's a similar contract. I don't I don't know if he gets a raise. Sorry to Eli Apple. Maybe his agent can talk the Bengals and do it a little bit better than me. <laughs> Is, is, is his agent a David Mulligetta? Because I don't think so. definitely not going to work out. Uh, but no, I think that they bring it back at a, at a pretty good price. He probably makes more than he did last year because they weren't, I don't think they will, they were kind of expecting him to start because yeah. King Taylor Britt was the rookie. And it really mm-hmm. felt early on. We've talked about it on the podcast, but when Lou Anarumo talked about Cam Taylor Britt and, and Dax Hill, it was almost like, I don't want to force him out there in the rookie year. I want to take some time for them to develop. And then, then you put him out there. And unfortunately, Cam had to step up and he was fun. He was a really good corner. And mm-hmm. you have to think about the future too in this draft class, because again, when we talk about pick 28, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody in the top 20 or even 15, if they happen to fall to 28, the Bengals are going to be smart. They're going to think ahead just like that Dax Hill pick last year because they were thinking, well, Jesse Bates is going to be gone. We need to have his replacement. You get Dax Hill, their best player available at the moment when they were picking. And you're going to be in the same situation at 28 because Cheeto, if he has a good season, you would have contract talks with him. Does he come back? Do you just use your rookie? Um, so I do think the cornerback room is important. And Eli Apple, he's still out there. And maybe there's a reason he's still out there. Um, but I am. I'm a little surprised because I felt like he had an okay season for them. And, and he would have found a deal elsewhere. But maybe it's going to be in Cincinnati. When it comes to the wide receiver room, um, I know that some of the special uh, Darren Simmons and the Bengals offensive coordinators, you know, they're going to go out and about, look at some of these wide receivers that could be late in the draft. It's not a loaded wide receiver class. Um, we know how the tight end room looks right now. I feel like it's going to be more of a draft focus. What would you do at wide receiver number four right now? Because Trent Taylor's back. He's your other option. Is Trent Irwin gone? No, Trent Irwin's there too. My Trent Irwin, I'm so sorry. Trent Irwin's here. I want to say he has one more year in Cincinnati. Okay. That would probably be my wide receiver four, but I'm still drafting a guy. I just don't know if I would trust a fifth round pick or something. I mean, if, you know, Jackson Smith, I believe that's his name, Ohio State guy, if he falls, then sure, you know, that's your wide receiver four. But if he doesn't and they don't select him and you're picking where I think they pick wide receiver, which is day three, that guy's probably not going to start over Trent Irwin. Trent Irwin made some heck, made some great catches, made heck of a catch, back he shoulder did. stuff. You know, I, oh man, I look, your wide receiver four isn't going to be Calvin Johnson. I think Trent Irwin is a fine wide receiver. How He's probably one of the best wide receiver. Name another wide receiver four you'd rather have. Well, a lot of Bengals fans thought OBJ was going to be wide receiver number four. So, um, no. Okay, I'm yeah, that's a ridiculous wide receiver four. He's talking to the Bills to be wide receiver two. Yeah, if you get OBJ to just want to hang out, <laughs> just <laughs> hang out on the bench, you know, coming for 50 steps while the people are healthy, sure. Do you remember right before the trade deadline? I think people wanted, oh my goodness. They wanted the Bengals to trade for Brandon Cooks and put I, like 12 million. You think it was just Brandon Cooks? They want oh, to send a first round pick for like Jerry Judy or DJ Moore. And I was like, how does this make sense? They are no. not a 10 personnel team. Jamar Chase has gone four weeks, guys. I'm glad they didn't. That one never made sense to me. I, man, people have, I really like to listen to. We're talking about it too. I was like, sending what? For a wide receiver four? I mean, and, and that's why you have to, and, and I know how Bengals fans, they feel like, 
not a lot of, there's nothing really happening with Cincinnati besides the Zeke news that, that popped up today, but it's just like, it's all quiet. The front office, are they all in? Are they going to do things? They see things. They're not going to go blow their money and regret some contracts because it's a big name uh, when it comes to maybe a wide receiver out there, or even, you know, the tight end market was, that was a little questionable. I was a little surprised they didn't, they didn't uh, get some of the other top yeah. guys out there because of the one-year deals that we were seeing around the league. But overall, you know, they trusted what they had in the room. Uh, for me personally, I wouldn't mind another one. It's not going to be a huge yeah, name. Sure. And maybe, maybe it's, yeah, maybe another draft pick. Maybe it is late. Maybe it is a late draft pick, but I guess I'm a little disappointed from the, see the AFC championship game. That's what's fresh. That's what I remember. I remember the punting. I remember when, you know, sure. T Higgins and, and Jamar chase when was, they're getting. Um, yeah. Just, my first thought is the slot. That was the big issue was that they doubled the outsides and that's where we've talked about it. Trent Irwin, more of an outside receiver, which I know people don't like to do because it's a white guy. So you think Julian Edelman, <laughs> you think Wes Welker. Uh, so great. He's 6'3". He's Eric Decker. We talked about this. Uh, but we're going to make that comparison. Trent Taylor is your best slot backup. Maybe you want a better slot backup, a more dynamic slot backup. Maybe Because to me, I'm happy with Trent Irwin as my outside receiver backup. It's the slot that killed them and not having a dynamic tight end, although he made some plays, not having a dynamic tight end that could take advantage of that either or a run game that could take advantage of it. So there was, there were some issues, and I mean, really, it all goes back to the offensive line that was getting smoked every all five spots in that game. Really, the right side, but all five spots let them down. Um, so that a lot of things went wrong, and it's still almost won. Yeah, that's true. All right, we move on. Uh, again, free agency is still happening for the Cincinnati Bengals. The draft, we're almost a month away. Plenty of podcasts on the way, and I know you have plenty of work over on all Bengals. What is up there? Uh, I'm, oh boy, <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. I, I keep wanting to do another scouting report, but I just have no pulse for who the Bengals fans even care about right now. Like I want to do Darnell before and then free agency hit. And now I'm like, nobody cares about Darnell Washington anymore. They've moved on. So now I'm like, well, who do I move to? A lot of the guys I've watched, you know, I've watched corners, but I feel like nobody's really talking about corner. I, I don't know. I'll figure something out. It might even end up being quick reports and a ranking of the running backs. I thought of that one. Like that could make sense. Zeke Elliott. Uh, so not free agents. I'm, well, maybe if Zeke signs, that'll be what's up. <laughs> to be determined. He said it could be uh, to next week, which is going to be just great. Can't wait for all of those conversations about the running back room. Uh, but make sure you check it out. Great stuff as always over on All Bengals. And then on Twitter, Breakdowns Videos, Bengals underscore Sand. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. And thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.